in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, one God. Amen. The miracles we have heard proclaimed today have a thread tying them together. Two blind men healed in a home after crying out, Son of David, have mercy on us. And a mute demoniac. They are tied together by the threads of speech, our words, or lack of them, and in the presence of the Almighty God. The title Son of David was the greatest honor possible that these men knew to give to Jesus. It meant that they believed him to be the one of authority up there with the most revered king of Israel. The greatest righteous king they had known. It also tells us that they thought he could be the promised Messiah that would come from the house of David. But they did not yet know what kind of Messiah this Jesus would be. They did not yet know that Christ had true authority and power that emanated from him like a breath of fresh air. And the other man, unable to say or offer anything to the Master, is brought before the God-man by others. Christ offers healing to all that come to him, yet he deals with each in a unique way. Those in his presence and witnessing his actions are confronted with a choice, an unavoidable choice. Today, there are three responses to Christ which are presented to us. You may find yourself as one of these, or at different times in your life, maybe each of them. As the blind men who follow him crying out for mercy and healing, as the mute demoniac unable to speak to him, but brought by someone to his presence, or as the Pharisees witnessing him yet remaining unbelievers. Christ is our patient God. He holds our human will, our free will, tenderly. Even when we use our will to reject his guidance and not to follow him. Regardless, he meets us at the end. The option of following him and believing him are always open to us in this life. To the blind men, Christ acts as a guide to them by stages to their healing. These two blind men call out to Christ, yet Jesus does not respond right away. They recognize Christ as Messiah and honor him by crying out, Son of David, and are seeking his mercy. They have gained this faith by the fame of his healing ministry, spreading through the lands quickly, and they are honoring him with this royal title. Yet Christ, in his humility, does not respond in public to the address, nor to their request. Rather, he is silent, and he just keeps walking. What an odd thing. For others, he went out of his way to heal them. Here, he doesn't even acknowledge them. St. Nikolai offers us three reasons for Christ's action here. He says, firstly, the more to increase the blind men's thirst for God and their faith in him. Secondly, that many should hear the blind men's cries and themselves give thought to their hearts and examine their faith. And thirdly, to show his meekness and humility by shunning glory from men in this way, so that he should not heal these sufferers on the road in front of the crowds, but in a house before just a handful of witnesses. What meekness and what wisdom 
He best knew that there is nothing hid which shall not be made manifest, and that with every good thing, the more it is hidden, the more it will be revealed. So Christ walks right into a home with blind men trailing behind him, having said nothing to them. Christ sought no public glory and is looking to see if these blind ones will walk with him a bit. These men had a measure of faith, a great trust in his healing power. So they follow him into the home, away from the noise and bustle of the crowd, as though alone with God. It took courage. And they must have said to themselves, it is now or never. What do we have to lose? These blind men follow Jesus into a house, and in this private, quieter setting, Christ now addresses them. Christ leads these men by stages, as we said, spiritual first, then to the physical. Jesus prays a confession of faith from them, asking, do you believe that I am able to do this? These blind men join themselves to Jesus at this profound moment, and with two words, claim him as their Christ by saying, yes, Lord. By calling Jesus Lord with all sincerity, they are spiritually healed and their faith is completed. Only then does Christ reach out, touching their eyes, shut up in darkness, and he opens them. It is then by the power of the Lord that their eyes, both spiritual and physical, are opened, and they behold Christ. The faith that made them follow him, to be alone with him, is met by love. Human faith and divine love have made contact. They cannot help but become evangelists after this event, spreading the news of the glory of God. Christ tells them to tell no one of the healing, and the fathers are unanimous in saying that they weren't actually disobedient in this, yet their very bodies tell of the healing that took place. All can see that they who were blind changed and now see. Those opened eyes proclaimed the glory of God to all who witnessed them. So that's the blind men. However, not all have their courage. Some are unable to give voice to faith or to walk with him of their own wills. Maybe this is because it is buried too deep under the scars of sin to know its presence. Or one is bound by the power of the world, too bound to walk with him. Even these Christ will heal on account of the unvoiced faith and the love of those that bring them. To the mute demoniac, Christ's very presence restrains the demons and looses that poor man's tongue to speak. By the profound glory of his presence is healing given. This mute is brought to Christ and without a word, a touch, a movement, nothing physical is indicated in the gospel. But merely by the presence of Christ does the demon that shut up this man's mouth flee the body and that man speaks. Christ simply cast out the demon by a movement of his divine will. Some recognition of this man's heart. Some among us are so bound by demonic oppression, by passion, by wounds in need of care, that they are powerless to choose Christ for themselves. Their wills are broken, unable to resolve themselves to follow the Savior. Maybe only for a moment, or only for a short time, but nonetheless, these powerless ones must go. Or rather, it is others that must bring them before Christ. 
especially in times of strong attack. It is the most consequential point for us to notice that this mute is brought by ones that love him. Some of us must be brought to Christ's precious feet through the prayer of another who loves them. They may be brought there, brought into the temple of God, and the silence of their own ignorance by our corresponding silent action of prayer and the spirit-prompted words of love that we may give them. In this way, they may be brought into Jesus' healing presence. If you have a will that has become powerless against various passions, binding you and enslaving you, it is the prayer of the loving and the righteous ones that bring you to a place of healing. Brothers and sisters, love one another and bring those broken ones before Christ. Being in Jesus Christ's presence as we are here in this place right now, that causes the demons to flee. And once these evil ones flee, then spiritual healing begins to take place. Freeing up the will to adhere to Christ and the tongue priorly bound may now proclaim the glorious freedom it now experiences. But this is not the only response. We have the third. There are the deceived and those who think they have power who are scandalized by the apparent power of Jesus. He who does what they are unable to do, restore a human being to wholeness. The Pharisees claimed they had this power to cast out evil and to bring justice because of their self-appointed office. Jesus does this by his presence alone. He restores and heals human beings where these jealous men cannot. According to the evangelist Matthew, our Lord offers no verbal response back when they accuse him of being in league with demons. He simply continues his ministry, going about all the cities and villages, teaching in their synagogues and preaching the gospel of the kingdom and healing every disease and every infirmity among the people. Christ's care for us poor ones is not stopped by those in power who say that his work is actually an evil thing. How can healing and casting out demons, restoring people to God, and giving them human dignity be evil? What stupidity to say so. The very same may be said of the accusations made against the church in this day. It can't be otherwise, for the church is the body of Christ. The church cannot be stopped in its work either. It is here for the healing of souls to tend to the needs of those who are before it. We are called to Christ's continual work, that is, the preaching of the gospel of the kingdom and the healing of every disease and inf every infirmity that is among the people. We members of the church should take the lesson of Christ's response that we have heard today to heart. The world clambers to come up with some means to close the doors of the body of Christ and to stop its work of restoring human beings to themselves and to God through her sacraments and ministries, and the fellowship of love that is provided here. But it cannot close those doors. Let us follow Christ's example and keep about the work of bringing the glory of God to people. May he guide us to such an adherence of faith in him, to divine love himself, that in all our actions and in our very bodies we proclaim the glory and might of the salvation of Christ, which is continually working in the world. Christ works today. 
He desires to show you by these miracles that you must freely draw near to him. Follow him with your human voice and actions, especially with the simple movement of your heart. He brings you to the limit of your free will and the faith, the limit of human capability. And there, love meets you. By, you, by your human energy, you draw near to the, your salvation, and the healing and divine energy accomplishes that salvation. He makes contact. He says, according to your faith, be it done to you. And then he touches you, causing healing grace to flood into your whole life. He allows and brings us the, to the choice to remain outsiders or to accept the miracle and the mystery of salvation that he has given. Today we have seen Christ move among the people. He presents himself to them and his works are made known. To some he prompts and guides, to some solely his presence frees and unchains. To those that reject him, he remains the stalwart and corrects by his actions. The uninterrupted presence of Christ in the world presents you the choice at each moment of rejecting him or accepting him and becoming different, a whole and healed person. You may find yourself as one who cries out or as a stopped-up mute or as one unable to believe in his goodness or at different times in your life, each one of these. But take away this today. It is by following with whatever faith that you have by the touch of Jesus that you are healed. What is incomplete in you is completed by him. It is coming to have knowledge and hearing, feeling and seeing the silent movement of God, the still, quiet and blowing spirit, that the blind are illumined and the mute speak. So we must listen and to follow the Lord to know his love to be touched by his divine hand. How can I do this, you may ask? Give yourself small amounts of time, 10 minutes each day, at least every day, where you listen and give your attention to Christ. Do this away from any distraction, a quiet corner of the home, take a walk around the block, anywhere away from the places your attention is divided, where conversation, notifications, and the noise of external life easily intrudes. Away from these, draw your attention to Christ and call out to him, Lord, have mercy, or say the Jesus prayer, slowly, quietly, with room to listen. When your attention flies off to a memory, or a worry, or a random thought, Bring it back to Christ, and again, listen. Fill every thought with Jesus Christ. This is how we follow him, like the blind men did into that home where they found salvation. This is how we bring our mute souls to the feet of Christ. This is where you hear him. This is where he can touch us. This is how you meet God. This is how you loose the bonds of passion and sin, and place your faith into the guidance of the faithful God. Go into that home you have within you, where Christ has entered. Practice silence and cultivate peace, and cry out for mercy within yourself, and continue the work proclaiming his healing that is 
the glory of God. May Christ give us the courage and the power to bring ourselves and our precious ones to the loving God. The Lord preserves us, he who is ever long-suffering with us, we who need his holy words and guidance and touch. He never leaves us. We will proclaim his glory with our whole being unto the ages of ages. Amen.